one of these reviews on the back. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jess, that's Kat, and today <laughs> we'll be discussing Intercepted by Alexa Martin. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. And you can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with the link to the Goodreads. It's very outdated and I need to touch it sometime. At some point, like when we have a moment, that'd be cool. Listen, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Everything is strange and I don't know what day it is. I literally didn't know what day it was. I was really confused earlier. I mean, you just came off a of spring break. Yeah. Earlier to, <laughs> earlier when we are in my office and I'm like, was I here on Friday? And you said no. And I was like, no, not, I think I was. that Friday I thought of. I was like, no, I think I was. And you're like, no, you were with me on that Friday. You played hooky. And I was like, so dumb. No, that was last Friday. We are confused. I don't know what day it is. The last last Friday. The last last <laughs> Friday. It's been great. It's been amazing. Um, So just to give you guys a heads up, listeners, if you hear my cat again this week, I'm sorry. Um, we're recording on a Monday, which is not normal for us. And he is not getting the attention he so desperately craves. So if you hear him. It's a good time. He's just here. Uh, That's Sir Oliver. He's being a dick as usual. He's chilling. Welcome to the club. Uh, So, Intercepted. Yes. How did you feel? Not great. Fantastic. I was really excited when I was like, sure, we can switch to a football and that's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, And, like, the cover looked like a cover we would pick based Mm -hmm. on the cover art things we always talk about. So, that was good. And... Like, the idea of it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very decent setup, and then a huge crash down. The letdown, man. It was bad. I feel like we're not into sports romance. Yeah, and I told you, like, I don't hate sports. Like, I can get into a game or whatever. I'm not super competitive, so, like, <laughs> that part doesn't matter to me. But... I like sports and I like romance, and it should not be this hard. Mm-mm. And I think, um, for me, one of the major problems is just how the characters are in. But we're going to get into that um, in just a few moments. Yeah. we got to read the blurb first. You want to go for it? Yeah. I don't know where my book's at. No worries. You're not. It's fine. I don't do well um, reading aloud. <laughs> I think that's what we've decided. Okay. Um, we would also like to note that there are one, two, three... Reviews by other authors. Two of them we've read before. One we have not. Who are the two we've read before? Helen. Helen Huang. And. Jasmine Guillory. Jasmine Guillory. Who's the other person on there? Kylie Scott. She wrote the Stage Dive series. Yeah. I have it on my shelf eventually one day. But anyways. So. Sometimes we're like, oh, cool. They thought it was good. So it should be good. Sometimes we don't trust him very much. Mm-hmm. This is a very big mix for us because one author we enjoy, one author we don't know, and the other author we did not give high marks to and felt mean. But whatever. Okay. Sometimes you have to go through life being a little bit mean, but go for the blurb. <laughs> Marley thought she scored the man of her dreams only to be scorched by a bad breakup. But there's a new player on the horizon and he's in a league of his own. Marley Harper is the perfect girlfriend. She definitely had enough practice by dating her NFL star boyfriend for the last 10 years. 
But when she discovers he's been tackling other women on the sly, she vows to never date an athlete again. There's just one problem. Gavin Pope, the new hotshot quarterback and a fling from the past, has Marley in his sights. Gavin fights to show Marley he's nothing like her ex. Unfortunately, not everyone is ready to let her escape her past. The team's wives, who never led the welcome wagon, are not happy with Marley's return. They have only one thing on their minds, taking her down. But when the gossip makes Marley public enemy number one, she worries about more than just her reputation. Between their own fumbles and the wicked wives, it will take a Hail Mary for Marley and Gavin's relationship to survive the season. Didn't like any of those puns. I hated every one of them. I was just going to say, I didn't read the description. I did not read the synopsis before. Okay. So... I have a really weird thing where um, sometimes I'm just not into reading the description. Yeah. Sometimes I want to go in blind. Especially when something is hyped up. I think Mm -hmm. I I do less research when there's a lot of hype around stuff. Yeah. Especially books. Because books, like, example, everyone lost their shit over Fifty Shades. And then I read it and did not understand why everyone was so excited. We hate Reddit, and it was the greatest thing ever. And, and I like, think that was the best experience I had reading a book was hate reading a book. And the problem was that, like, I didn't want to read the whole series, but because everyone continually talked about it, I didn't also want to be the person who was like, oh, yeah, I haven't read that. Because that's annoying, too. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, fine, I'll read it. And then I hated it. It was Ooh. bad. I, I think you're right, though. When the hype is, is really big for a book, and there are a lot of people who are really into it, mm-hmm. it's better to kind of go in blind? I would say so. Sometimes the hype is real, and I would rather go in blind, but then there's sometimes where a book... I just look at the cover, and I'm like, I don't want to know anything about this. Mm-hmm. I just want to dive into it. Yeah. And see what it's like. Because sometimes, when you read the synopsis, it tells you fucking everything. Especially if there's any, like, mystery element. Yeah. The end, like, the end of the blurbs, a lot of the time will ruin that. And especially, like, in a romance, we know what's going to happen. In general, you can guess that they're probably going to end up together. They're going to fuck. That's they're going to fall in love. That's kind of the point. So you don't need to tell me that. No. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the, the premise promises too much. And the synopsis gives us too much. Book, yeah. Where it just gave us too much and then we didn't get any of it. Yeah. Or it gives us too much and tells the entire story when it doesn't need to. In this specific instance, I felt we were promised something I was prepared for and we were given too much mm-hmm. not good stuff. Oh my god, there was so much going on. The very messy way of saying that. But. Okay, so Kat read the synopsis, so let's give a little bit more into it. Marley is dating a guy named Chris and he has every red flag ever. And they've been dating since they were 16. For 10 years. 10 years. He, okay, after 10 years. I haven't even had a relationship long enough to be 10 years. Oh my god, same. But like, (laughs) so like, part of the red flag territory here is that he has this like Imaginary to-do list mm-hmm. of we can't get married and start a family until I've done this. And she's all excited because he's getting closer and closer to the end of that list. 
because he wants to like get a certain amount of money and all well, this crap. And, and then a ring went missing, so she's like, "Oh my god, he's upgrading the ring! It's gonna happen!" Yeah, like he needs my size. Like, and yeah, okay, it didn't happen. So okay, so there was that as a red flag. Um, if you haven't exclusively talked about what you want for marriage, like what your plans are. Because it's totally right. Some people do just date their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Like, they live together, and they don't want to be legally married, and that's totally right. Same. But in this instance, they had decided that they wanted to get married at some point, and they'd been high school sweethearts, and she had, like, always had his back and, and with his career and all this stuff. Here, but when the red flag starts stacking up, so he, we meet him. Right. Where he comes in and he's so pissed off because Gavin Pope is now their quarterback and he's not going to throw the ball to Chris. Man, I'm so angry. He threw an entire gym bag across the room, shattered her favorite cake stand thingy and yeah. ruined an entire cake and didn't apologize and said, why do you always have to make it about you? Yeah. It was an ugly interaction. Ugh. And I understand that there are things like misplaced anger. Mm-hmm. But when you destroy something that belongs to someone else, and your first instinct isn't apology, when you live with that person and love them and want to marry them, and you know, like, he would have known that that was her shit. Like, favorite cakes in favorite cake that she had made, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And he just didn't care. And he's like, are you going to talk to me about it? And she's like, well, if you want to tell me stuff, then yeah. He just, he was... He's very self-centered. Very self-centered. And that's very kind of a red flag. It's totally fine to focus on yourself. And it's totally fine to sometimes feel a little bit selfish in things that you do. Mm-hmm. Because you do have to put yourself first. In this case, it was always him first, yeah. always his money, always his home, and never anything from Marley. And that's a big deal. Well, and more gaslighting, and he, there was a lot of gaslighting on his end. And then there's also the entrapment thing that he did when she needed a car, and he wanted to go buy her this big, expensive vehicle, and she wanted the Prius, and then refused to put her name on it. That's his car that she's allowed so to drive. weird. Like, okay, so we're missing a couple steps here. So they've been dating since high school, and they've had a, a break, mm-hmm. which if you've ever watched Friends, we all know the we were on a break fight, right? I've never watched Friends. Okay, that's a fault I'm willing to accept right now, <laughs> but you need to get on that shit. Um, <laughs> so there's always that, that thing, and so she tells the readers... We were on a break. During that break, I traveled to wherever, and I had sex with someone, and it turns out it was Gavin Pope, and so when she finds out he's coming to be their quarterback, who, at one point, a fan describes him as, like, why did they hire that pretty fuckboy, which is rude. Rude. Um, But he's supposed to be really fucking good at what he does, or else they wouldn't ask for him. Yeah. Um, So she, like, has a little mini inside meltdown. And is like, I have to see him again. That's awful. And then, like, there's a bunch of stuff. But anyway, so she and Chris are back together. Chris doesn't know that it was Gavin that she had fucked mm-hmm. during their break. Yep. Um, and she's also aware that Chris has cheated before. Yep. And she was like, he apologized and he felt so bad. And so we got back together and blah, blah. Um, but Chris treats her like the maid. Like, she's really stupid. He will, on the fly, be like, hey, I invited a bunch of guys over to 
Can you hang out? Can you make dinner for everyone? Yeah. And And she does. Well, then, yeah, they had the party and she made dinner. And then everybody just walked away and she was left alone to just fix it all herself and clean up. She does all the dishes. She does the cleanup. She does everything. And um, so there's just like a lot of red flags. And I think Marley would definitely qualify as one of these heroines that is in rose-colored glasses. Oh, God, yeah. And those are some of the hardest heroines to read, because even though we've all been there, like, there's no one that can say they've never, like, given in to to a significant other's demands that were ridiculous, because sometimes you just do that. Sometimes in your brain, you're like, it's easier, it's just this one time, whatever the... the I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna do is. it because I love him, mm-hmm. and it'll make him happy, and I just want him happy. Yeah. I feel and we've, that's tough. We've all had those relationships where we've had the rose colored glasses and we've, we've seen everything with this rose tint and everything is fine and everything is okay. And it's, it's normal. But I think with her, she did it too long. There, years. There's a point in time where you're too old for that. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to understand that she goes through a lot. So like his teammates joke about like, Chris, why would you marry her? I would marry her in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. And he gets super on. He's like, don't talk about her like that. And that's, like, because they give him a lot of shit for not being married. So he gets a lot of crap from his teammates, but that's also because he brags about cheating all the time. Oh, he's disgusting. And she gets a lot of shit because Chris wanted her to be not just the perfect girlfriend, but eventually the perfect wife. Mm -hmm. And like, went and made sure that she was allowed to join the Little Wives Club. And we'll get to that in a minute, that's too. That's toxic on its own. But that's something that's, like, di- disturbing. It's just weird. So, the whole storyline of Chris goes through the whole book. He has been cheating on her for a very long time. The ring that went missing was gifted to his current flame. Mm-hmm. And she sees his emails... And goes through everything and sees a ton of nudes of different women, not just one woman. No. Well, and let's go back to she goes through his email because technically their computers look the same. Chris grabbed her laptop. So she's like, I'll just check my email on his and send this off. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, But when she logs in, obviously, like, my computers are all set to log into my email automatically. Yeah, that's like a really common thing. It's just Gmail. It's just what it does. But... She logs in and sees this message and is like, what the fuck? And she has that moment in her head where she thinks, do I confront him or do I pretend like I didn't see anything? I screamed the entire time. You confront him. Like, you don't pretend you didn't see something. Yeah. As someone who's been cheated on in a relationship, my ex-husband was a serial cheater. Um, I did this stupid thing where I had rose-colored glasses on and I thought, it's fine. We'll fix it. It's no problem. Yeah. But it and wasn't fine. The thing was, she knew he had a history of this, and then when she found out, again, she still questioned, should I stay or should I go? Yeah. Luckily, she leaves, but it's it's really messy. Um, she packs up all of her stuff and then realizes she doesn't really have much to take, because he's clearly made this house his palace, and that's a mess in itself. Well, and then Gavin is there and saves her. Which is great. Off, awesome. Do that. Yeah. But it was all because he wouldn't, Chris wouldn't let her take the Prius because that's his car. Again, he's the one who's. He's the one that bought it. He's got it. He bought it and it's his name and he hates the car. He says it in such a cruel way. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, it wasn't meant just like, I spent my money and you don't get it back. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's fuck you. Find your own way out of this godforsaken community. Yeah. And good luck if anyone will help you. And then Gavin helps you anyways. And which makes Chris super mad. But Chris can fuck off. I He was awful throughout pretty much the whole book until their final interaction. Yeah. And even that was too little too late and was kind of disgusting to me. I, th- I texted you pretty early on. I think I was only two chapters in you when I texted like, you. You were, like, two chapters in, and I don't like this guy. And I was like, yeah. And I was, oh, it's bad. Um, let's, let's move from one toxic person into another group of toxic people. Oh, God, there's so many of them. So, the Lady Mustangs. So, first of all, this is a very common thing. This is where we get show like a show like Basketball Wives or Baseball Wives. Is that a thing? Yeah. What? Yeah. So there's organizations, and the, the real purpose is that you... Like, I understand work the... For, for the charity of that organization. Yeah, like, I understand that part, like, it being an actual thing. Mm-hmm. But there are TV shows based on this? Yeah, Basketball Lives was long running on MTV? I don't know what... No, maybe not. I must have been dark. Me? Deep in my dark days where I didn't watch any TV. I still don't watch TV. I, I didn't watch it, but um, my roommate Linda was very <gasps> into that kind of shit. Linda. And, like, Real Housewives kind of shit. Yeah. And so um, I saw a few episodes. But so so it's a real thing. They have charity events. And it's actually really nice um, if it's well-executed because it benefits the local community of wherever the team is located. So, like, in essence, it should be really great. The problem yeah. is these women... Are catty bitches. And, yeah, and they are more concerned with whether or not their husbands are starters and how much money they make and what position they play instead of just, like, actually doing the, the, the charity. And, and Marley that's a thing we talked about, in. too. Yeah. Um, we talked about that with military, like, Mils- Milsos. Is what they call themselves when I was in twenty military spouse or They call themselves that? Milso, yeah. That's what that is. So if you ever see hashtag M I L S O, that's what that is. Uh hashtag depend Some of them. My uh mom has decided it's not potamus, it's platypus. Depend is what she's called it. <laughs> I love so, your mom. So that's a little bit more fun for you. Um, but anyway, so there's very similar groups, and they have greater purposes. Mm-hmm. In this book, they're supposed to be planning this fashion show benefit event where it's supposed to, like, walk in a fashion show, and it's all local people showing off their designs and, like, boutique stuff, and, and they're supposed to, like, walk with their significant others, mm-hmm. and they give Marley so much shit because she's not married. It's She's the just boyfriend. her girlfriend. And they talk about constantly, like, it's like they open each meeting with, where's the ring? Like, fuck off. Yeah, they're so rude. And that, I'm sorry, the, so they're supposed to all take turns being in charge, being president. Mm-hmm. But this girl, Courtney, has decided Court- she's just always going to be president because her husband is Kevin, the star quarterback. What? And um, she sucks. She's super bitchy. She constantly wants to fight, even at the most inappropriate of times. Oh, yeah. And she wants to just dig and dig. And it's not necessarily just at Marley, but most of it's directed at Marley. Yeah. And then there's, like, one normal person, which is her best friend, Naomi. I liked Naomi. I liked Naomi. Yeah, I liked her, too. I think there was a total of two people in this entire book that I actually liked. Naomi. Naomi and Gavin. 
Yeah. Can I help? Wait, no, and the bartender friend. Brynn! Yes. I like yeah. her, too. So I like three people. Can I get a romance novel of Gavin and Naomi instead? Because I feel like Naomi is better as a person. Or just Naomi and Dre. I mean, I'll take a Naomi and Dre. Because they sounded sweet. They sounded great. Like, Naomi, like, includes her in things and takes her shopping. Yeah. Not, like, buying her shit, but, like, including her in stuff. Yeah. And she's always one of the first people to reach out to her and, like, keep her updated on things. And that's really important to have that, like, support. Yeah. Like, especially when other people aren't supportive. Because these kind of, like, obligation scenarios are really tough. Like, do you want to go to the Christmas party? No. God, But no. do you need to? Yeah. Probably, because you have to look good to others. Yeah. That's just a thing. I think, though, so shitty. back to... It is shitty. Back to the, the Lady Mustangs. They're just not great people. And I feel like when she and Chris break up, and she leaves. She's kind of, like, finally got this freedom where she doesn't have to deal with these bitches. Yeah. And she's really excited about not having so to deal with them. So much less stress. Can you just imagine the weight off your shoulders? It's like quitting a terrible job. Yeah, but then she is thrown right back into it in a very different way because then Gavin Pope, who has been saving her continually and is all buddied up with her dad, is now, like, constantly getting her to go to things. And Naomi gets her to go to things and then Gavin Pope's BFF, also his PR manager, um, who's a total skank bitch, um, like, makes sure that everyone knows where she works and, like, all of this stuff. And then starts dating Chris. Madison, the skank snow bitch, starts dating Chris to like get her. back at fucking... What's to, to get at Marley, but to also get at Gavin because maybe if she's dating someone that Gavin knows, he'll be like, oh my god, I've loved her my How entire dare life. you date someone who's not me? It's so stupid. It's just she's so ridiculous. She's a terrible ridiculous. manager for a lot of reasons. For all the reasons. And then she was, like, pretty racist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was not great. Which was weird. Um. So... If this sounds really discombobulated and not well put together and in, like, our normal flow, it's just because this book itself is such a disaster of smaller things. Like... It's one overarching storyline, and then there's, like, all these little tiny storylines that didn't need to be there. You could take out so much of them. The assault? Okay. That never comes back up again. Multiple assaults. Yeah. So... As women, we understand that things happen to you. Yep. Um, Not Marley's always. First of all, she always says she's strange. She's the first to say it all the time. And then her friends will, like, straight up tell her she's strange. And I think that's rude. I don't think I've ever sat down, like, across from you been like, you're fucking weird. <laughs> like, in seriousness. Like, I probably told you you're a weirdo in, like, other ways. Or, like, we, we, we joke like, we're, like, nerd. Like, yeah, we, we joke around a lot. And I don't think you've ever... Like you've I've never had anyone that I'm still friends with and in my circle tell me that I'm strange in a bad way. Yeah, and she often says to herself, which hints at a lot of other problems... Um, but we don't need to get into the when you, psyche of this character. Right? Let's not get That's dig that deep. Much. That's too, I but can't. she does things that are just not very smart. No. She often turns down work as, like, an IT, like a designer. Yeah. Um, which is bad because she's trying to grow her small business. Yeah. But she turns down work constantly and then decides to work at a bar for, like, a part-time job instead of taking on more clients. Because Gavin said... 
I need a redesign since I've moved teams. I'd love to do that and recommend you to other people because you did such a great job on TKs. And she said no. She said no because she doesn't want to touch someone else's work. Fix it. You think you're hot shit. Redesign it. Put your name on it. So that drove me crazy because if you're going to be like, I'm a great designer and I can do this and this. I can make your website be awesome. Do it. Have follow through. So, like, she really lost an opportunity there. And it was because of her nerves, I think. Because of Gavin being there. But when someone offers you something that is a legitimate offer, like, to work, to earn money in a not creepy way, maybe do that. She never talked about whether or not she regretted that. Not only, I think, not only that when you're making money, but I think you... Can you imagine, as someone who has severe anxiety, if I turned down every opportunity that was a good opportunity, what would happen to my life? You would never be able to do things. You would never know if you were good at something or if you liked it or get your name out in a field that you cared to work in. Like, yeah. I think that was a frustration of mine with her was she was... She was almost like 13-year-old girl focused on boys. She was kind of complacent with her life, too. Which was ridiculous. She, then, yeah. So, I think she was meant to be quirky. She wasn't quirky. I think it was meant to be quirky, which is like, you know, like, like hipster people where you're like, of course you work in a bar and you do IT work. Like, that is like a thing. That's like me being quirky. I bartend on the weekends, but I sit in an office during the day. I work in I work in self-storage, but I have a podcast. Yeah, like, it's totally fine. Yeah. But she, um, just, I don't know, she chooses to live somewhere that's not very safe. She chooses to befriend a homeless man who's clearly on crack. Well, um, not only that, but she, I mean, you're allowed to feel bad for the homeless. You're allowed to feel bad for them. Yeah. And that's okay. I There's literally a homeless camp next door, and I feel bad for them. I let them use my water so long as they turn it off. It's fine. Yeah. They don't bother anybody. They're they're on their own. Mm-hmm. But she takes it so far as she takes these people, this guy, to lunch. James, is that his name? Yeah. Takes them to lunch and then feels she gets attacked by another dude who's essentially the, the crack seller, the drug dealer. Which is so creepy. And it's so creepy. And then she's upset by the fact that her friend caused this. And I'm like... But he's not your friend. She's like, jail is the last place he needs to be. Okay. Before everyone gets all up in our business, we understand that jails are not detox centers. No. They're not great. They're not. The conditions there are not good for mental health, even though there's been a lot of improvements. They're just. They're not places that the homeless should be dumped. Yeah. They're not a good institution for a lot of reasons. And it's not like a, we hate cops kind of thing or anything. But like in this specific scenario, her sadness is because. James needs help mm-hmm. being healthy. He shouldn't go to jail. However, if the law in Denver, where they are, is that you can't be on drugs or selling drugs, or you shouldn't set up someone to be attacked in order to get drugs, because what had James promised that man? Because he wasn't just going to beat the shit out of her. No. He was going to take her somewhere. Like, are we that dumb? We're n- we can read between the lines. We know what was about to happen. Like, at that point, you can be sad that that person, that James, had an addiction and did something that's not good. But I also wouldn't feel so sad that I forgave him. No. If I was set up to be possibly raped and murdered, that's, that's totally different. Okay. That's not okay. So, so, anyways, so she makes some poor choices. 
Um, Walking through the homeless park at night is probably not a great choice. To go to a taco truck. Listen, I'm a fat girl. I I I love tacos. I'm not walking through a dark park. Not good. Not good. I am not going in this neighborhood. Yeah. Gonna walk anywhere to go get tacos. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where you shouldn't, or you should use common sense. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has a lot of things that she, like choices she makes, like that one, that are not... Like what you would consider a normal choice. Um, Denver, downtown Denver has different areas to it. So in real life, downtown Denver has like a really cute, nice historic area, which mm-hmm. she talks about. And then they do have kind of the crowd overcrowded kind oh, of trashy area. Yeah. That's pretty normal, I think, for downtown big city things. I mean, that's what we've got here. Mm-hmm. We have a and huge park in that's our downtown. Normal. Yeah, we've got a huge, oh, yeah. huge park in our downtown, and that is where all the homeless people converge. Armory Park? Is that It's Armory Park, yeah. yeah. And we're not saying that's a bad thing. We're just saying you need to be more aware of your surroundings and don't become complacent and comfortable where you're at and think nothing's going to happen to you. She made a point to multiple times state that she had been taking boxing lessons for like three years and And only ever lands one punch. Didn't do anything. She didn't defend herself. She immediately ran. And like maybe broke his nose. Maybe. But like, don't stop there. So, she is 100% a damsel in distress because every time something bad happens, Gavin has to come and save her. Or she shows up at his door. Which, okay, so some of this I understand. She's afraid to go home. She needs comfort after being attacked. Been there. Don't like it. Don't want to do it. You need someone who's going to kind of ground you. And Gavin yeah. is kind of that person. And he yeah. is. If you look at him as a character, he's very sound in mind. He makes good choices. He's very respectful. Um, Loves his family. Which is something that I liked a lot about him, but made me dislike Marley even more. Okay. But anyways, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back to that. But the damsel in distress thing, it was, she was often being saved, which is great. If you have friends to help you, if you have a significant other, a boyfriend or whatever, that is willing to help you and can help you, that's fantastic. However. But she never stopped herself. However, we have had a friend who was a damsel in distress. Yeah. And it got too much because she didn't see the signs because that man could have had a box of red flags by his front door and she would have been like, that's fine. Those are nice flowers. Yeah. She would have called them something different. I don't mind a damsel in distress character when the damsel in distress character is legitimately someone who needs the help. When you have a character who you have stated has done a kickboxing or a boxing class or some kind of self-defense class. Class and moves. And then suddenly they're a damsel in distress. What the fuck? Like, I understand freezing. Oh, for sure. I understand freezing. Oh, yeah. I have anxiety. We've talked about it. I The fight or flight response for me is immediate fight. Fight, flight, or freeze, man. Yeah. And I understand being frozen, and I understand that sometimes people do freeze, but then their fight comes up. And uh, hers just, she just didn't do anything. It was really difficult to see someone who is described as a strong woman Mm -hmm. um, and does some things that show being a strong woman. Like, I know she said she's being the queen bitch, or like she's being real bitchy by like snapping back, and she was like, I don't like getting to level. I'm sorry. But sometimes you need to be outspoken. And yeah. so seeing her do that was a good thing for me. And then we suddenly have a helpless person. And you're like, 
Where did where did the very, very it's very confusing the switch. Yeah, where did the queen bitch go? Where she she's what? Yeah. And it was just things could have been handled better in multiple ways mm-hmm. in multiple instances. Just I don't know. They weren't handled in the way that we wanted them to be handled. Well, and so, okay, so I know I've talked about, um, like, the Stephanie Plum series a lot, mm-hmm. but she's definitely a qualifier as a damsel in distress. She does need to be safe sometimes, mm-hmm. but she also has a lot of things about her that make it so she's pretty good at her job. I only read the first one, but from what I remember in the first one, she does have her damsel in distress moments, but she also still kind of kicks ass. Yeah, and she's, like, she owns it. She's like, I am out of shape, and... <laughs> And I don't know how to punch properly, and my gun is scary, so it's in the cookie jar. Uh, yeah. Like, there are things that where you can write things into a character that makes it not seem like they're not even trying. Yeah, yeah. Because I felt that heavy with her. With Mars. Ew, when they called just... her Mars, I was like, who are they talking about? I was like, oh, Marley. I was like, what planet are we on? Did also, we go to Mars? I feel like some of this was written in first person, and some of it wasn't. I did, I did feel like it, it was very disappointing. The later chapters, I felt like, started to be in first person, and I was like, what? The tense has changed. Because, I don't know. It just, it was just weird. Anyways, what were we supposed to come back to because I got sidetracked? That's a good question. Hmm. That's a good question. Alright, well... We'll just keep moving. We'll just keep moving on. Let's talk about using hashtags and books, because what the fuck was that? Hashtag what the fuck? Hashtag what the fuck. Um, I don't enjoy that. Throw one in every now and then. She says it's her own personal form of therapy, which I don't understand. So she just throws in hashtag in some sections, like almost every paragraph. So I decided... I was going to both read and listen to this on audio, because uh-huh. it's 2021. The only way I've been reading anything has been on audio for the most part. It's the only way I can get through anything. Sure. So I was going to go on a walk through my property. was having some issues with some water retention and swollen ankles. was going to try to work it out. Mm-hmm. Put this on audio. Listening to a hashtag being spoken aloud in an audio setting makes me so angry on just like this weird visceral level that it's not good it was it was just too much i understand we used to use hashtags ironically just because we could and a lot of time funny. i think we're making fun of hashtag blessed oh my god like that kind of stuff yeah we used to make fun of that stuff all the time this is not like that this is just this is how she speaks and I, what did I put? I put a note because I took some notes and I said, hashtag, why does she do this? And I can barely read this because it's all strung together and it, what does that even say? Yeah. And it just doesn't work for me. I, yeah, I often misread them. And then when I make hashtags, I try to capitalize the start of each word. I mean, that makes sense. And that makes it a little bit easier to read, but like. Hashtags are very, um, I don't know. I wouldn't say they're as popular as they were when they were first trendy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now they're kind of just like, you can use them. I don't generally use them because I think they're weird. I quit um, using them. I used to use them, but I think I quit using them. I do it if it's specific to something I'm doing. Like if I'm at an event mm-hmm. or like people's weddings or, you know, stuff like that. Or... 
Because it's a way they to... tell you, like, hashtag our event. And you're like, oh, okay. like Because you can find it then. Yeah. Then you know where to look for yeah, that stuff. Or you have the chance to be on that page or whatever. Yeah. I know they do that a lot at, like, um, sporting events. You can mm-hmm. hashtag it and be on the big screen and yeah. like, that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, there are reasons to hashtag. Hashtagging for Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that segment. I think it's the funniest. Greatest segment. But when you're speaking, it doesn't come off as quirky. It comes off as annoying. If she had done it, like, where she said it out loud, I would have, if I was her friend, I would want to murder her. We wouldn't be friends with her anymore. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. We would drop her off at a park with a taco truck and say, good luck. I just, it didn't work. It didn't work. And there are ways to use certain plot devices, and there's ways to use certain way, like, certain devices to allow the, the character to speak, but this wasn't it. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen a character written that relies so heavily on that inner monologue that's very separate, and that's difficult to because... Anastasia like, Steele... She used her inner monologue, if you remember correctly. Oh, her... What is her inner, inner goddess. Yeah, inner goddess. Oh, so, like, but that's, again, another character I did not like. Mm-hmm. Was a damsel in distress and was a disaster as a human. She just was. I think we have a thing with disaster humans. I feel Maybe like... because I don't want to be one. I think we've been our disaster human selves, and now we're bettering ourselves. So now when someone comes up and they're a disaster human, we're like, Mm-mm, no thanks. Yeah. Been down that road. Don't want to go back. I think part of what made it so I didn't really enjoy Marley as a person was that she straight up refused to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, he- here she is. She's a huge football fan, specifically for the Mustangs, which are clearly the Broncos, because they're still in Denver. Why do they... Is, this, is it, like, contractually obligated that they can't use a real team? I don't know. This Someone is a second book. Us. Because then they played real teams again. Yes! And I'm like, wait, if you're going to go that far, why not just use the real team? You're not making money off of using the team name. It's not like the team is your character or it, like, reflects on that team in real life. I wonder if it's just a copyright thing where they're just trying to protect themselves just in case. I don't know. But then she's... But she used other names, so it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But, so... Where was it? We keep getting off track. It's Monday night. I'm tired. Oh. Um, so she had a few things that weren't green lights for me, um, just in characterization. I have friends who are super into sports. Mm -hmm. I myself will watch sports, Mm -hmm. depending on the sport, of course. I'm not going to choose to watch, like, golf for seven hours. That's not a sport. That's just a hobby. Um, but, like, so she was a fan, but, like, a true fanatic, where she was, like, starting fights with people in her section, she had like season tickets where she sat with Naomi. Well, they could have they could have had a box that she declined. Have you ever watched anything from a box? It's yeah. so much more fun. Is it? Yeah, there's food. Oh. There's a good view. You can control the temperature. You're not sweltering hot. Yeah, you can sun. order things and You're they not bring gonna... it to you instead of having to wait in the long ass line. You're not going to get sunburned. There's private bathrooms. Like, <sighs> there's a lot that goes into this, right? But, so, she's she's all crazy about her Mustangs. Cool. Awesome. Do it. But she gets, like, bedazzled jerseys for her boyfriends, which I think, I always think that's gross. She ended up making the one for Gavin because she didn't have time to order it or whatever. I don't understand bedazzled things. I don't like them. I think they look cheap. 
Okay, we've had the conversation where bedazzled things have turned into bedazzling, and we don't like that either. I don't like anything that has to do with bedazzling. Um, so, I think part of the problem is she's a very aggressive sports person, mm-hmm. which I get. I've been around that. It doesn't matter if male, female, whatever. I don't enjoy that when it's too much. It's... My ex-husband was a, just my ex-husband is a die-hard Denver Broncos fan, and he tried to hang his Broncos stuff in my living room. In the living room, sir. We're adults. You are not twelve. You are not allowed to put your fucking John Elway jerseys up on my living That's room what wall. Man cave is for. Get it the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um. But so Mars. Mars. It's just... You keep calling her that even though you hate it. it. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's like when she calls Courtney know. Court. Court. <laughs> um, she, so she's really, really into sports. However, she refuses to download the ESPN app. And she won't Google things. And I do not understand if you're going to date someone on the team... Wouldn't you want to know? If you're going to be part of this weird evil wives club, wicked wives is what she calls it. Yeah. If you're going to bedazzle a jersey, why aren't you going to keep on the news? She keeps learning all these things from other people. Because she refuses to download the goddamn app. It's so stupid. I think finally they talk about it. Naomi was like, I'm downloading the app on you your phone. You have to. You have to. And like... But she dated a football player for 10 years and, and didn't, didn't do, do it. it. And it's I think so that's ridiculous. so weird. So ridiculous. Like, what is the mental block there? I think, so part of it is that, yeah, there is a downside to being on social media. And a lot of that um, has to do with, like, the one-on-one interaction. However, the ESPN app doesn't do that. There's no, like, fan interaction. It's just literally giving you news about yeah. the teams that you select. So my guess is that because we also have this problem, sometimes people are alerted to things before they get the chance to be told things. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if that was a weird explanation of a mental block of finding out that her boyfriend was cheating publicly or something like that. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I also don't like that her boyfriend was not treated poorly and no, no teammates came to her defense. None. After the breakup. There is no interaction except from Dre mm-hmm. that talks about how she was treated by the rest of the team. The team that she fed and helped make websites for completely drops off the face of the earth. Fuck them. I'm sorry. That's not how that works. Fuck all of them. So, I think my biggest hang-up... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get it out. It's on my list, and it, it's just driving me nuts. <laughs> the fact that Gavin Pope is a rebound relationship and how quickly they got into that relationship. And it was based on that one time we had sex and it was magical. And then it was a misunderstanding because he was to get them coffee and didn't want to wake her up. And she thought he left her at his house. First of all, that's not a thing. No. You don't leave the stranger you fucked in your bed in your house. And don't say anything to her. And so then she gets up and shamefully collects all her clothes and leaves. And then he's like, oh man, she left. I don't even have her number. Like... It's a whole lot of misunderstanding. Gavin seems to be, like, an honest-to-goodness, normal person. Yeah. He talks to his family. He loves his family. He appreciates her. She is very demanding, and she's like, you have to let me fight my own battles. Fair. 
Fair statement. But then... You can't fight your own battles and still be a damsel in distress. You can't yeah. have it both ways. That was part of the problem. So, like, then Chris calls her and is, like, cussing her out on the phone and, like, screaming at her and calling her a slut, being like, just open your legs forever, which is rude. Don't say that to people. No. And Chris grabs the phone from her and... You mean Gavin? T- yes. And then, like, tells him to, like, fuck off. And she is super mad. And I understand why she's mad, and I understand why he did it. Because he started talking about how awful Pope was. Yeah. He started talking about, and he could, and Pope could hear Mm -hmm. what was going on. And she wasn't stopping him. Nope. Because she kept saying, let me fight my own battles, but then she just let it happen. She wouldn't stand up for anybody. verbal abuse. She wasn't standing up for herself. She wasn't standing up for her boyfriend, Gavin, when her ex was talking trash, because God forbid... And then there's the whole thing where Gavin gets free agent or whatever that's called. Free agency, yeah. And then goes to back to New York and plays for the Giants? That's his dream. Where she actually put him on a real team. Plays for the Giants and Marley's just like, oh, you didn't listen to what I want anymore. But it sounded like they kind of did. Like, he took her back home to Oyster Bay and she met his family and talked about how in love with all of that she was. And then she said she doesn't want to leave Denver because that's where family and friends are. And, you know, but, like, I don't know. It was a very complicated twist where he, I could clearly see if I was doing something nice as a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also could see... Like, this was his attempt at a grand gesture. Yeah. And we love grand gestures. However, a surprise grand gesture that is not well thought out is not good. And she had told him she didn't want to move. She was worried about moving and missing her her only friends. Yeah. Which was, like, two people. That's... And then her parents. Make new friends. Another two people. And then she fucking did it anyway at the end. The end... So dumb. We know how much I hate the endings when they're ma- when they've gotten married and they're living the good life. And the end of this is Dre also got to go play with the Giants, and now Naomi and Marley are together again. And Marley's pregnant. Marley's pregnant, and Naomi had a baby, and they're living a great life. Two years later, it shut up. Shut up. It was too much. Um. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I thought it. Like this whole book was too much. And you know, we didn't even talk about the sexy things. Like, at, for mind-blowing sex, the description of on-the-page sex was really bare bones. Hashtag no thanks. Hashtag nothing happened. Hashtag why did we read this? Like, there was a part where he, they were having, or they were about to have sex. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, eating crayon or something. And then on the Which, next page... good for him and thank you for doing that. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, but then on the very next page, it was about how he was coming. Mm-hmm. And then between the... I was like, did I miss something? There was not a clear moment of the sex. This was the part that I was actually listening to on audio while doing my walk. And there was a part that I physically had to stop walking and lean against the building to laugh because she talks about how he walked to the bathroom to get something to clean up with and then came back fully in the nude. And she just talks about his manhood swinging in the breeze. And I'm like, there were some reasons I wouldn't have included 
Um, I think I'm guessing that a lot of stuff that was in here was left in here for length. Yeah. And because um, we got over 300 pages of content, but the problem is it's not all good and cohesive content. Um, there are too many minor storylines that are mm-hmm. in our bigger storyline. Um, there are some very unresolved issues. There are some characters that are written just to be there, like the officer that's being a dick, and then Gavin tells him to stop being a dick. And who was also one of Marley's classmates? Yeah. Denver's big. Denver's yeah. big. How? How the fuck did that happen? Well, and then, I'm sorry, but if you're the cop and you show up to question me and instead you're ridiculing me, I know I've had a hard time, but, like, the fuck? Back the fuck off. And then he's like, because his whole was like, well, you always love detention. Are you sure you're not lying? And it's like, wow, get the fuck out of here and send me someone else, you douchebag. Like, that should have been an open and closed case. That shouldn't have been a thing that happened in this book. And I'm sure it happens in real life. And that's really unfortunate. But it was, the assault storyline was one that could have been cut out and mm-hmm. we wouldn't have lost anything. Like the dudes on the train trying to touch her butt. And again, she freezes. Yeah. Like, she has words, but she doesn't act. There were things that didn't need to be in there that were in there just because they could be. Yeah. I think I texted you at one point and said it's like she spun the trope wheel. And hit all of them. And hit all of them. It was just... She had, like, I need ten tropes and just spun the wheel and took them. Like, basic storyline, there's, like, a cheating boyfriend, they break up, and it's a scandal because she falls... For the new hot guy on the same team. That's the storyline. That's the basic thing you need to know. And then they live happily ever after, of course. But then we have all this other shit. Like, I'm sorry, she didn't need to work at hers, which I didn't understand the name of and hated. (laughs) It was not good. And then there was that whole argument scene that goes on YouTube, which no one bothers to tell Chris or, God damn it, Gavin. I don't know why I'm so bad at this. So bad. But, like, and then Donnie being a a foul-mouthed person doesn't really come to play because she decides she hates him after he tells Gavin. Yeah. She suddenly, she was like, I really like Donnie. He's loud and he's like me and he's going to fight for for Gavin. And then as soon as he shows Gavin the video, she's like, I hate Donnie. And I was like, damn, okay. That's some deep feelings. Yeah. It's just so much packed into a book. It didn't need to be packed into there. Yeah. And it was just done, and it wasn't done well. All right. With that being said, on a scale, on a rating of one to five stars, what do you give Intercepted? I'm going to give it a one. Okay. I struggle to connect with pretty much all the characters. Fair. Um, I felt that her anger for miscommunication was very misplaced a lot of the time. I think that it could have been a really fun read had she presented herself as, like, a strong woman instead of a damsel. Yeah. And um, I read the little blurb about the author at the end, and she is an NFL wife. And so that, yeah. Did you read it? No. I think this Um, is the only time I haven't read the um, acknowledgments. Well, I wanted to understand why she was so specific about certain things. And so there's, like, a tiny blurb at the back. Um, let's see. She lives in Colorado with her husband, a former NFL player who now coaches at the high school where they met. 
So I was like, oh, so it's her life story. Um, but supposed to be better? Her first book, this book, mm-hmm. was inspired by the eight years she spent as an NFL wife. Ooh. Um, so that should tell you something. Yeah. And I'm hoping that not everything in here mirrors how chaotic her life was. Um, but you can definitely tell it's a first novel by an author yeah. because of how messy feeling it was. It didn't feel cohesive. I was just jumping from thing to thing, and I was like, what? And way too many chapters. I'm sorry. There's like 40 chapters in this book, and it's only 300 pages. I think Some chapters were three pages. That was dumb. I gave, I think I told you when we were in the office that I gave it a two. Yeah. I'm changing my rating. Okay. I'm going to give it a 1.75. Okay. The 7.75 is for trying. Okay. And the one is for Gavin. <laughs> yeah. The one is for Gavin. Gavin was, was... Like, the only character that yeah. actually did anything for me. Also, he is the character that we have the best description of. Yeah. Literally all other characters we did not have... Not even our main heroine. Mm-mm. We knew she was black. That's it. But that was literally all we knew. And, oh, and short. And she called herself fat, but she's a size 10. Not fat. So... I I don't know. If you ask me in our March Madness marathon of reading here, I would definitely say that our previous book, even though it was not good, was, was better. better than this book. Yeah. It was more clear and clean cut, and this one is very messy and frustrating to read, especially because they were having so much sex, but they were, there was never any sex. They weren't having good sex. They thought they were good sex. They weren't having good sex. Hashtag good sex. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> so bad. Uh, so that ends March Madness for yeah. us. Uh, we have learned that we don't really like sports romance, apparently. If you know the good one, send it our way so we can try it again at some point. Yeah. I, um, I would be okay to try again if it wasn't this stuff. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, I'll, I'll try it again. Um, next month, we are going to be doing Scottish Heritage Month, because who the fuck are we? Because why not? We like the Scots. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, some might remember long ago, we have a, a lost episode where we read A Tessa Dare, and it never aired. And we didn't think highly of it. We didn't think highly of it, and there it wasn't was a lot a to lot say. Of, eh. We are going to try it again. Yeah. This time we're going to be reading When a Scot Ties the Knot by Tessa Dare. This is part of the Castles Ever After series. And we love a good rhyme. We love a good rhyme. Yeah. We love a good man in a kilt on the cover. Always. Does he have a sporin? He doesn't have a sporin, but he has a giant belt buckle. Okay. That's um, weird. Yeah. Mm, strange. Is he also a cowboy? Possibly. Huh. We're going to have to read it right now. Who knows? We're going to find out. So we're going to be reading next time um, When a Scott Ties the Knot by Tessa Dare. Join us then. Um, email us if you have a good sports romance. We're willing to attempt it again. Mm-hmm. Perf- I mean, you know, I'll even read a hockey romance. I didn't want to read a hockey romance, but I guess I'll read a hockey romance. I'm not being choosy at this point. No. I just want something to cleanse my palate of the last two. Yes. So, uh... Until next time, remember, bad bitches, read romance. Bye! Bye. The last two. Yes. So, uh, 
Until next time, remember, bad bitches read romance. Bye! Bye.